0: So if our body moves in six different directions and really every pose is very similar and we're doing a lot of the same things whether we're standing, twisting, inverting, or even doing backbends, everything is based upon the idea of balance and tadasana. So what I wanted to share with you is a really interesting quote about alignment. Um, uh, When we come into alignment, we're actually aligned in our soul. Does anybody feel that? Yeah? So if you feel like you're not balanced that day, it's like you had a wonky day because maybe it was from your mind. Uh, Maybe you had a wonky day because, um, I love someone said sway, um, and then someone said like um, the idea of uh, the stability, that steadiness and ease of shtirasukha. That's truly what we're doing when we come to the mat. We're finding the balance between shifting smoothly from that inner state of equilibrium and peace from uh, shtira sukha. Do you all remember what shtira sukha is? Right? So shtira is your strength. Sukha is the Sweetness. So it's ironic that that's like what you basically said, but in an, your own version without even knowing like, oh, Shtirasukha Sukha is like a sutra, and that's like a really big reason why people practice yoga. But the idea of that effortless effort is that when we're finding balance on the mat, we're using the least amount of effort to create the maximum amount of results. And we're balancing our strengths and our weaknesses in our practice so we can harness the pure potentiality of the breath right? Because that's kind of our golden key. That's going to help us with all these balancing poses. So as we move through a bunch of different postures that are on this sheet right here of the Ashtanga sequence, we're just going to go through and do some really fun ways to find strength and flexibility and build balance so that we can help people who might be a little too sweet on the mat because they're swaying, like Stephanie said. Um, and allow them to find more grounded sensation. And then we have those people who are like really type A and focused and only see things on one path. And then what we want to do with their strengths and their mindset is to offer them some more ease, right? So we're always finding this opportunity when we're doing props and uh, modifications and Uh, teaching balancing poses on the mat is we're helping them to find Tadasana. Have you ever heard a saying that you can't have your feet in two different boats, right? That's a lot of what Tadasana is about. And we talked about it a little bit in class today. When you two were in class, we did a pose that really made us show how you have to be aligned in your truth, body, mind, and heart, in order to really attain some of these physical manifestations of a very big philosophical concept of yoga, right? If you have your feet in two different boats, what happens? Right, you'll split in half. Oh shit, that would suck, right? I don't know if I'd be able to live that way. So when we find Tadasana, what's another word for Tadasana? Thank you. Mountain. mountain awesome and mountains don't erode right they stay steady and strong so they could have like all kinds of like rocks and boulders fall they could even have a lava eruption right and they could like blow their top but there still is going to be something there because they're firm and strong in their foundation right okay what's another word for tadasana Isn't this fun? <laughs> it's like yoga it's like pop quiz. Equal standing. Yes, right? So what's equal standing in Sanskrit? <laughs> samashtitihi, right? So we have this samashtitihi, this equal footing. And if every pose you know how to cue Tadasana, you're going to be able to help your students do props and modifications to all of these different poses because you're going to be able to teach them from the ground up how to be strong in their foundation and how to be able to uh, create space so that they're strong in their foundation, strong like a mountain, their heart is as fluid and flowing and their soul and their energy and their alignment is as open as an ocean wave and their mind is as spacious as a blue sky. Hmm? That's the poetry of the, 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 the pose, right? But if you feel like you're not in alignment and you're standing like this, what's going to happen? Right? You're all over the place. Or if you're like this, right? So a lot of the things that we're going to do today is just to really focus on whether you're in a revolved triangle, because that's still a balancing pose, whether you're in a triangle pose, whether you're in a chair pose, Even whether you're in like a forward fold, Uttanasana, you're still grounded in your truth. You're still firmly rooted and standing in Tadasana. And I think that that's a really hard thing for students to find because um, uh, let's start off teaching our friends a forward fold. Okay, so we're going to partner up two and two and two. And two, and two, and two, and two, and two, and two, and oh, lucky you. You're with me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, my partner's going to be a guinea pig, yeah? And she's going to stand up and do a forward fold. So we're going to turn sideways. And um, one of the most interesting things about a forward fold, and we're going to teach you a um, uh, We'll do this and then we'll go back to Tadasana, but I'm going to teach you like three different ways to to do props and modifications for standing poses, for adjusting as a teacher, okay? Cool, aren't you excited? We're going to touch bodies, yeah? Okay, so the first thing that we want to remember is that when we watch bodies and touch bodies, we have a lot of people coming to the mat who are coming from this space of trauma-sensitive, right? We have a lot of people who are coming to the mat who like maybe don't want to be touched because they're so not like comfortable with their body. We have other people who come to the mat who are gonna tell you before class, will you adjust me in blah, blah, blah pose because it really feels good. And they wanna be touched, right? So there's lots of different personalities coming to the mat. But when we work with our partner, we wanna make sure that we're not too tight and we're not too loose, but we're adjusting someone in a very steady, stable way. So we'll play around with that in a second. I'm going to have my partner turn sideways so that everybody, are you going to be able to see? Okay, and she's going to just gently um, take, and her feet are frontal hip bone distance apart. So we're doing uttanasana, forward fold. Hands to the hips, little micro bend in the knees, and then she's going to dive forward, head hanging down in a forward fold. From this position, she's going to bring her hands down towards the ground, okay? So if I take and her head's hanging down, she's relaxed, and she has no idea what I'm going to do because we don't know each other from Adam, and I take and I do that creepy waterfall shit, she's going to freak out. (laughs) Okay? So that's the first thing. Don't do those weird waterfall caresses or like, oh, nice job, because, you know, then you can do the me too hashtag kind of stuff. But you want to really focus on how can I get someone into a pose, right, without maybe even touching them. Okay, so one of the first things that you can do is, she's going to roll back up, she has two different options. She can take and put a block in between her legs and squeeze to find a more engaged center, a more engaged breath. But I'm going to have you do it this way. Okay. So the, but the one I want you all to try, because it's really fascinating, is you take the block and you put it below the belly button. And you lift your heart and then you fold forward over it so that you have to start to use the breath work to fold forward. This way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it feels weird. It does. Yeah. Okay. And she's going to express to us what it feels like as her head hangs down. In Uttanasana. How are you feeling? It's different, yeah. feels different. What do you notice you have to start engaging? Um more of my calf muscles. Okay, feel calf muscles. It makes you have to the, uh, engage the back line. So we always see the front of ourselves in a mirror, but we never think about the back body. So you have to engage your glutes, your hamstrings, your calves start to get more active and engaged in the practice because it makes your knees start to work. Okay, if she creates a little bend in the knees and goes from Uttanasana and grabs her peace signs to the big toes to Pada Yep, palms face yep. towards each other. Oh yeah, Sanskrit. Okay, and her eyeballs and the elbows hang out, then her head hangs down. Never touch someone's back of the head. It's totally, like, scary, freaky, unless, like, you really know the person because of the trauma-sensitive that we're dealing with. On your exhale, and you can do this with or without a black, but we'll try it with a black today, you take one hand to the mid-back after you've said, is it okay if I touch you? Yes. Yeah, you usually ask this when you set up your class. Then you take the other hand into a fist. And you take the space from the wrist to the elbow and you place it behind their thigh, biceps, okay? You're not touching the bum area and you're not touching the knee area. I'm in Utkatasana, so as a teacher, when I'm adjusting someone, I'm doing yoga, right? So you have to think about you're doing yoga. So I'm pushing hands into leg, uh, hand into the mid-back and hand into the back of the legs and gently allowing her to get a little closer. And then she releases her hands, and she slowly rolls back up. Thank you for doing that. So we'll try one with no hands and do the block, and then we'll try another with hands, and uh, we won't won't use the block. I'm sorry. We're going to do one with the block and no hand adjustment, and then one without the prop doing the hand adjustment. And I'll cue you through it so that we feel the same way. But find your partner, and let's start off by just making sure we have the right touchy sensation with our friends. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so just be quiet for just two more seconds, and then I'll guide you through this. Um, some of you, a lot of you have done this with me before, but I just want to reiterate. Um, take your, take your hand and, uh, if you're righty or lefty, and reach it out towards your buddy. Hi, friends. Okay, shake their hand like you want the job. Okay, shake their hand like you don't want the job. (laughs) <laughs> okay So like a wet fish, right? It's kind of grody But now shake your hand in between the two That's what you want to be doing when you touch your friend Not that creepy waterfall Not that like, oh, like you're petting your partner But like, um, you really want to like get in there And be strong But not so forceful that you push someone over, right? Because you want to remember that We're all animals, correct? So if you're afraid of touching someone or doing adjustments, I would say don't do them because then your students can smell your fear, right? But if you feel really comfortable, make sure you do it from a place of awareness and a place of stability and a little, not I wouldn't say aggressive, but like type A, you know, like that you've got this, that you're like, you know what you're doing so that you're brave, Okay. So now we're going to do the first one, and you're going to adjust your partner. So someone say, I want to go first, and then the other person say, okay.
1: Before, before we
0: switch people, can I just can I just interrupt for one second? Before we switch people, one thing's really important. You're breathing with your student, right? And the other thing is because they, you, they know that you can touch them and all of that stuff, um, the other thing about the cueing is, is how many of you have, with the block, how many of you have had a down dog adjustment where the teacher takes and hollows out the belly and gets a diaphragm to move? No. There was okay. i like my hips up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's like, I mean, okay, there, okay, that's another, we'll curb that conversation for later. But the reason that we have the block there is because a lot of people don't do deep diaphragmatic breathing. Where do we breathe when we're stressed out? Right. So what do you think people do when you tell them to do ujjayi pranayama? They're like, They're really heavy up here. Right? But they never really figure out how to get their bellies to engage. So by taking, because I overheard you guys, by taking the block... And that just means you have good breathing capacity. But by taking the block below the belly button and starting to fold forward, not only are you getting more um, awareness to the hamstrings for people who can't really get into this pose because forward fold is really hard if your back is tight, but when you fold forward, it starts to make you have to move the internal organs with the diaphragm so that you can get deeper into the pose. So it is as if you're taking and scooping out, scooping out your guts and creating space for a more diaphragmatic breath okay so now let's switch and remember as you're adjusting your person in that little accordion thing breathe with your student not your breath but your student's breath okay so let's switch how was that experience interesting yeah okay So we're going to jump back and move into Tadasana and then we're going to start doing more uh, standing poses. But on the front of the handout with the words, there is something that says um, balance. And balance, by definition, is an even uh, even distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. Right? Bless you. So as we work to do all of this stuff to find our balancing poses, we're literally training our neuromuscular patterns in our body. We're literally training muscle memory, which is huge. Because as we age, if we don't have that neurological engagement, then that's when we start having dis-ease, right? We start falling or hurting ourselves. But another thing that I want to say about balance is that the essence of our practice is that balance of shtira and Sukha, but it's also, um, it's also about the idea of mastering your body with the breath. And on here I have the definition, an overlooked definition of hatha or ha and ta, for the hatha yoga is forceful or masterful. So this mastery that we're teaching ourselves and that we teach when we're um, guides as teachers, we're helping people to really kind of ground down into their truth so that they can keep a sense of well-being in everything that they do, right? So this idea of balance that we're creating is, is so much more than just, oh, we're trying to teach a yoga class, yeah? Um, When we start talking about alignment and we're working to kind of adjust and align ourselves from um, the feet up, let's just jump back and again talk about Tadasana because I want you to cue your friend in Tadasana. Um, We want to talk about the idea of the feet, the knees, the shoulders, and even the eyes. Because this is a huge thing. Um, What does drishti mean? Gaze, right? But another thing about drishti is that um, some of the definition is, is like um, where your gaze goes, your minds follow, right? Or the drishti offers you a way of pure seeing, right? Where we're not like seeing through like, um, you know, any cloudiness, but we have a lot of open awareness, So um, that's a huge thing about your Tadasana, too, is that you're allowing yourself to be balanced in everything. So we're going to stand up, and we're going to take our block, and we're going to make sure that we have it by our sides. But take your feet, and take your feet and allow your feet to be like the axles of a car. So the axles of the car have four points of contact and like Michael Jackson was known for his like moonwalking and his interesting shifting balancing on his feet but it's kind of the same uh, concept is we want to feel steady whether we're at an angle or we're firmly planted on the ground and whether or not you have flat feet or resilient arches you want to feel that the arches of your feet start to elevate when you practice. Take the big toes and set them down and spread out the rest of the toes, fan them out from the big toe. Is that hard for anyone? Okay, if that's hard for you, remember we have over 72,000 meridian lines of energy in our body and as yogis we call them nadis. This is the way to start to engage with them. So if it is hard to get your toes to do that, I would highly recommend you start thinking about different ways to massage your feet and or um, creating more awareness through reflexology or tennis balls or something like that, okay? Because we really want to have that ability to do that. Then with the four points of contact of the feet from the ball mounts of the left and right side and then the heels, you want to have this really good steady base so that when you lifted your toes up, did you feel a little bit of elevation to the... Arches. Yeah, that's a great way to cue your students to start thinking about the lightness in their body. Um, it goes into the idea of what these guys were kind of talking about over here I have big ears. So I hear a lot of stuff, but um So it starts to get into that elevation and the engagement um, from the soles of the feet. Now, as you have the connection through the feet, how many of you are locking out your knees? Mm, That's a huge thing students do. They lock out their knees and they stick their booty back. Okay, what we're trying to do is to find awareness through the pelvic floor and the arches of the feet and our breath to keep us really um, light of limb. So, um, I know we have dudes in here too, but when you pull up your like Lululemon or your tight leggings, what does it feel like? Feel like making a sausage, right? (laughs) Right? Okay, so what I want you to do is feel like you're starting to pull up a really tight pair of nylons or a really tight pair of yoga pants where you're starting to feel the bones hug the muscles and the muscles hug the bones like when you were shaking your friend's hands. Yeah? Awesome. Okay, so the bones are hugging the muscles. The muscles are hugging the bones. We're totally energetically engaged. And now what we're going to do is we are going to start to um feel our glutes active. There's a little micro bend in the knees, so much so that you can't even see it, but you've got resiliency in there. Okay? Now take your block and place it in between your legs and squeeze. Other than feeling kind of silly, what does it feel like? What did you notice about this region? A lot more engagement of the, um, the lower abdominal walls. Your inner thighs started to engage, right? So that you started to find that inner rotation of the thighs and the broadness in the hips so that you could really use the pelvic bowl for what it should be used for. This is your queen. Your pubic bone is your queen. Your tailbone is the king. And if the hips are the servants, to help the king and queen get in on to create a kingdom, this starts to create that alignment. So we're creating this really nice connection and engagement to start to keep the breath lifting up. Words, okay? Then we wanna think about the shoulders, okay? How many of you work on a computer? How many of you drive a car? How many of you ever get pissed off? Okay. How many of you kind of like, Sometimes hold your phone between your ear and your shoulder, right? Okay, so our shoulders are always really kind of uh, tight and bound and eating our ears. And what we're trying to do is retract them back and let those shoulder blades fit into the back pocket. So take your thumbs underneath your armpits, lift your heart. So you're almost like wearing old-time suspenders, but by putting the thumbs under the armpits, where did you notice your shoulders start to go to? Down the back, right? You started to open your collarbones. You started to create more space in your chest for your heart. You started to feel more um, broadness through the chest so you could get a deeper breath. Or am I just the only one who feels that? Okay. Cool. Now release your hands down, palms slightly face forward. Can you keep that same expression? So if we cue our students' feet, knees, hips, and then start working into the shoulders, that's awesome, okay, the last little thing, because we're cueing our buddies, right, in this pose, what I want to do is to um, show with my partner, we're going to cue them in Tadasana, and then the last little thing we're going to do is, I'm just going to say, watch what happens, I'm going to take my hand up over her head and say, lengthen the top of your head what just happened? I didn't even touch her, right? All I did was just stand next to her and offer the idea by placing my hand above her head about three inches and just say lengthen, right? Just create more space. So it's interesting to see how much space that we have when we get our mind out of the equation and we drop into awareness and drop into our bodies, okay? Okay. So I would love you to cue your friend into alignment of Tadasana because every single thing that you're doing, like a warrior two, you'll be able to cue Tadasana. Triangle, you'll be able to cue Tadasana. There's every pose, if you know the basic cues of Tadasana, you'll be able to help your friend come into alignment. The final thing I'll say before we decide who's going to go first is, uh, has anybody ever taken Iyengar yoga? Okay. Okay. So in Iyengar Yoga, sometimes what they have us do is they have us take a yardstick, like from the State Fair, or a yardstick or a dowel, and you have someone hold it here and you put a strap around your um, dowel so that the strap goes on like a belt and the dowel or the yardstick is attached to your spine. Okay. What happens is is that we have this lower lumbar curve and we have this little softness in the neck, right? That's natural. That's okay. But when we're practicing yoga, we're trying to find more engagement from the base of the feet to the top of the head. And what happens when you do that little yardstick trick is you really notice where you tend to give away all of your energy and pour it out. Okay? So, go to the wall. When we practice alignment on the mat, the reason we're practicing alignment on the mat is so that we can be better humans, right? So the merits of our practice benefit us and all beings off the mat. So if we create these neuromuscular patterns, and you won't need your block, but if we create these patterns now in our practice, they translate off the mat. So rotate your um, palms up and shrug the shoulders back towards the wall. And notice as your heels are to the floorboards and your back or booties there, we have to allocate space for our tushy, and our shoulders are there and the occipital lobe or the back of the skull is kind of touching the wall. Notice if when you take your right hand, if you're right-handed or left-handed if you're left-handed and you place your hand behind you, do you have a huge space? Right? Not just because we have cute pedoncodoncs, but because we are maybe kind of just going, eh, right? Okay? So, readjust the pubic bone and the tailbone so that your spinal column touches the wall as you once again bring your hands as if you're holding a plate. And now draw the shoulders back. Okay. So, if you're a body worker, this is going to be a little bit harder. Pretend you're in a lineup. And make your hands into goal pulse arms. This will be a little bit easier. Okay? Now I'll readjust pubic bone and tailbone. Okay, relax forehead. Who's feeling something? Me. What are you feeling? My calves, nice calves are center. tired. <laughs> your calves are tired. Okay? So maybe you don't engage your calves in your practice. You wanna see their back all the way against the wall? In a perfect world. But I don't know a perfect world. (laughs) Not even close. Okay, whose rib cages feel different though? Okay? Whose breath is different? Yeah. Who's noticing their um I I the mm, the superficial muscle groups that we like to call our core? Mm -hmm. Who's noticing deeper within and noticing the maybe the bandas that you have to breathe differently? Yeah. This is kind of what we want to find in Tadasana. This awareness is very interesting. Okay, so step away from the wall. Is I give you insight into standing in Tadasana? Okay, please cue your friend and ha- just cue them from the feet to the top of the head in Tadasana and then it, it have, do that little thing with the hand on top of the head without touching them. When you were doing that with your friend? Did your friend shift and get taller? Mm-hmm. We did, didn't feel like we did, but we were wondering if we did that when we did this. Yeah, good. So, so when you did that little banker's pose or the, um, the suspender thing, you could, Right, we thought we might, if we had yeah. cued that first, we could have seen the, the... Yep, and we're going to do something in crescent lunge. There was a good question about the engagement of the knees. It's an imperceptible kind of bend in the knees. Remember that? I like that word, so I'm, I'm stealing it. But it's imperceptible, and um, you want to make sure that you're not telling your students to bend your knees, because then you're in chair pose, which is actually the next pose that we're going to go forward with. Um, I think what's really fun is that you're, you're always going to find different cues for tadasana. You're always going to find different ways for people to engage. Um, And as teachers, like, I also overheard, like, I haven't been cueing a lot, or like, I I don't know if I'm saying this right, or, you know, this is like, this is interesting to use my words to describe the poses and stuff. Just keep practicing. That's just like a yoga practice. Practice is progress. So the more you say it out loud and talk about it, the easier it will be to communicate in your own language, right? So I'm saying things, but you're going to say it your own way, because this is your own practice and your own teaching. I just want you to feel certain things so that you're able to communicate it as good um, uh, instructors um, and guides for people who are on the mat and the other thing too is that usually people don't even hear the shit that you're saying because they got so many <laughs> stories and dramas going on in their own head you know people are coming in with so much barbed wire that actually what we're saying you you might not have even heard half of it because they just came to to find relaxation and ease in their life, right? Yeah. Yeah, so so don't worry about it. You will never do anything wrong if you come from a place of compassion and ahimsa, yeah? Uh, Let's all find ourselves coming into chair pose. And what I want you to do is, just like when you were a kid, Um, And Jim, did anybody have to take those PE educational tests? Okay, so come to the wall, and bring your feet to the wall, and your hands forward like a wall squat. Okay, shrug your shoulders back, just like what we did before, and if you need to, if you feel like you're holding too much tension in your shoulders, bend your elbows and just let your palms face up. Now try and spread out your toes. What are you feeling, other than silly? My inner quads. 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 What else are you feeling? Inner thighs. Thighs? What else are you feeling? Are you feeling your back against the wall? Can you breathe into your back heart? Okay. Now, make your hands into fists. Good. Rotate the palms down. Reach your hands out. Keep shrugging the shoulders back into the wall. That dynamic opposition. Now, keep the engagement. Bones hugging muscles. Muscles hugging the bones. Release your fingers. This in a perfect world is chair pose. Oh, You're all laughing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come away from the wall. So... Um, uh, Taking care of business is what Elvis' insignia was, TCB, and he always had a lightning bolt. So this always reminds me, chair pose always reminds me of Elvis, because chair pose is fierce, victorious, courageous. We're really strong and engaged. Now, do that same thing without having the wall there. Can you find the same alignment and engagement in your quads that you just felt using the wall squat? Your feet might be frontal hip bone distance apart. That might feel better for your hips and your um, hip sockets. But you might have your feet close together or um, frontal hip bone distance. But wherever you are in chair pose, your knee never goes, your hips never go lower than the knees. Your how is at a little bit of an angle. Your arms can reach high, your arms can go forward, your hands can come to your heart. This becomes a revolved prayer twist also. But as you sit deeply, Can you bring your hands to your heart, straighten your legs, come to the ball mounts of the toes, and bend your knees, sitting in Utkatasana B, keep your heels up. Ooh, what are you noticing? It changes the practice, right? Feel what you can feel. You're still leaning back, like you're touching the wall. This is, you're trying to be that regal, royal person sitting in your chair. Um, Straighten your legs, lower your heels, arms down by your sides, okay? Simple adjustments, okay? Maybe you mind anything?
1: Okay, so she's
0: going to sit down into her chair. Really, I mean, this is a more um, aggressive space to be in, but you can be behind the student and have them sit on your legs and then allow them to lean back some more, okay? Right, but then you can't go anywhere. You're kind of stuck. (laughs) <laughs> okay. If she goes into a twist, her hands are going to come to our heart. Um, your hands go to your heart, and you're going to twist to the right. Left elbow down, right elbow. up. What do you notice about her knees? They shifted, so what's happening in the rest of her body? It's shifted, it's a downhill effect. So, you become a wall. You take your hand to their tailbone, above the logo on their pants, not any lower you ask them to readjust their knees and you become a wall and she pushes her hips into me as she twists yep, and lift your heart there you go thank you, and then come on back to center straight arms, straight legs does that make sense? Mm -hmm. so you have to figure out the best way to cue your friend so that when they're doing a revolved chair that they don't um, misalign so the block. Often is a good thing to have your students do for chair pose. If I sit here, if I twist, I'm never going to lose my connection and engagement. Good? Okay, so with chair pose, um, I don't, you can try that adjustment with them. I don't really do a lot of adjustments because your words are your most powerful tools. I really think it's really important. Your words are your most powerful tools especially in something as awkward as chair pose, you're not going to really walk up to someone and do a lot of stuff. So why don't you cue your friend with a block and try to adjust them in their prayer twist. Okay? Adjust them. Yep. Your words. Uh, So the next pose, and we're going to start cruising through these, the next pose that I want to work on with all of you is ego, Garudasana. How many people practice (sighs) eagle? I love the look on your face. Okay, eagle pose is a really good pose to help with balance and standing, um, especially if someone has a challenge or a dis-ease that they're working to um, unwind. Um, So we're going to start off with eagle, and um, I was just mentioning to my partner, the challenge with all of this is that we're trying to cram a bunch of stuff into a very short amount of time. So now we're going to kind of go into a different form of working together. Um, Grab your block and you're going to experience yourself. So with this one, you're just going to experience it and not practice it on your friend. And with um, the next pose that we do, crescent lunge, you're going to work with your partner, cool? Okay, if I face this way, is it better? If I should face this way, which way is better? Neither. doesn't matter, okay. So, here I am, I'm sitting facing the sunshine. My block is by my side. Toes and heels together, arms down by your sides. Your legs are nice and strong. And I'm standing at the top of my mat, because I'm getting ready for ego, which usually comes, you know, in the first three quarters of your class. With your next inhale, open your arms out wide. On your exhale, take your right arm underneath your left, grab your shoulders because we're learning how to teach from modifications on up, correct? Mm-hmm. So if you have a really muscle-bound person, this is all they're gonna be able to do because they've been spending a lot of time in the gym. If you, all they're doing is you just lift the elbows up and they create space through the shoulders. If you wanna go a little bit deeper, unwind the hands from the shoulders, grab your thumb, your wrist, or your palms come together. Okay? Then, wherever you're at, you can just grab your wrist, it's all good. Breathe deeply and sit like you're sitting in a chair. You're going to take and draw your right leg up and over and touch the block. And you're going to use the block as support. You're going to push your right foot into your block so that it keeps your hips in alignment. If you wrap your toes around, a lot of times it creates cysts behind the knees. And creates a lot of disease if your body isn't flexible and not used to it. So this is accessible. If you can do this and feel comfortable, start to take and bring the toes even further, wrapping around. You're working all your major joints in your body. Your ankles, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, your elbows, your wrists. Lengthen the top of the head. And now unwind and soar. Good, exhale, arms down, your sides. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. The only other thing that I find is really interesting is stand next to your partner and have your partner go into an eagle bind. I lied, you're going to try one thing. <laughs> so have your partner do an eagle bind, whatever feels good for them. We don't have to worry about the legs part. But as my friend, so we're not worried about the leg part, but as my friend goes into their eagle bind, whatever it may be for their body type, if I place my hand underneath their elbows and say, push into my elbows and lengthen your spine, what do you feel? Your shoulder blades drop back. Your tummy gets stronger. Reach your wrists forward. Good. And then release. And now switch, so that you can cue your friend. The hand goes underneath the elbows, and all you're telling them to do is press into your hand. Your
1: wrists come
0: forward, yep. So there's a total different engagement and awareness that happens when you do that subtle adjustment for your student. Did you all feel that? Yeah. What did you notice? I'm. I'm saying, create space. Yeah. So create more awareness for the person so that they can really start to broaden and not get stuck or or tight. Some people say pull the elbows down. Some people say elbows up. Some people say wrists forward. Some people say just keep touching your shoulders. So I would say whatever feels good for you, find that passion to teach it. But I wanted you all to feel that subtle adjustment. Yeah. Is that good? Okay. Now we're going to move into crescent lunge. Crescent Lunge is the Lazy Man's Warrior One. Okay? So, like, I didn't learn Crescent Lunge for a long time. I didn't even know it was a freaking thing. Um, I knew the Crescent with the knee to the ground, but I didn't know the one with the heel up for a long time. So, take and draw your left leg forward. Your right leg is nice and high. Good. Breathe deeply. So, the left right heel is up off the ground. Other radio. yeah, hi. hi, hi, it's like you're wearing Barbie or high heels. Left knee is bent, good. The knee never goes beyond the ankle. So it's very similar to chair pose, but in chair pose, our knee can go beyond the ankle. But once we get into crescent, we try to keep the knee over the ankle but not beyond, because we're not stable enough. If you're feeling like you're in Tadasana, then the easiest way to get someone to engage in this pose is to take your hand to their, their your hand to their um, thigh and you can either push the heel up higher so they can push back in <laughs> you feel engaged or you put your hand in a fist into their thigh bicep and you say push into my hand. And what do you see her do? She realigned her hips like she had a block in between her legs. Her spine got longer. She feels more stable. So why don't you try that with your buddy? Taking your hand and pressing it in between the knee and the hip. So it's interesting. I can see a lot of stuff just looking around. of having me because I'm giving her all this yoga pizza stuff, this yoga therapy stuff. Um, did you notice how some people's heels were like touching the ground? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people's heels were super high. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you know where this pose comes from? Walking. Walking? Yeah, I know. It was cute. Um, the, this pose comes from um, uh, the, the kind of story of Hanuman, the Hindu deity of wind. So the idea is that you're like the lightning bolt of energy, right? And you're kind of becoming this arrow, right? And then what you're doing is you're in this space of being the crescent lunge, and then you come into your warrior three. So I it have to be in tadasana to get into that space. What happens when people put their foot down is they're kind of like, that's warrior one, we're not there yet. We want to be in crescent, which means our heel, something's flashing goes up as super high as you can. And um, so you wanna make, and that'll help with the engagement, because the entire leg needs to be active. Dudes don't have the same problem, but as ladies, we kind of get passive in our abductors. So this keeps everything engaged. Um, And another thing too is you never want the knee, and so you wanna watch out for this, to go beyond the ankle, because you'll shear, all of the stuff that supports the knee joint. So the meniscus all those tendons and ligaments you want to be careful. Plus our next pose we're going to go to so warrior one and warrior two they're the twins they love each other. So we call them the hero twins right? But you're trying to get a right angle which means a right effort. So my um, unassuming friend is going to help her. Yep. So my friend is going to adjust me she's going to almost as if she's in Utkatasana, whatever feels good, she's going to take her right hand and place it in between my knee and my, um, underneath my knee in between my uh, femur and my uh, lower leg bones. Yep. And then she's going to take her other hand and karate chop up here so that she's lengthening my femur bone. Okay. She just helped me to create a right effort at a right angle, which I was not creating. Then, can we get no word or two? Then what I'm going to do with my buddy is all I'm simply going to do is place my foot to the side of the foot that's away from the bent knee and say, push into my foot. So that I start to engage that line of communication in my body. A lot of people like if they're like, you know, you're at a festival, you're with go, oh. the they want to have a picture. You can do that if you want to. It's totally fine. Another thing too is is that a lot of times arms are askew. So then if you simply get into Warrior 2, all you have to do is grab the pinky the middle finger of someone's hand and just try and get fingers in alignment. So that the middle finger stems out from the other one. Just be nice that you're not like pulling them over, and don't come up behind them, right, because that's an unsafe space, but you can come to the side and come into this space and get her to create more freedom, okay? You can do that little trick, lengthening the top of the head. Mm -hmm. Let's go for it. How's everybody feeling? Can I um, keep moving forward? Okay. So I might create all kinds of different perceptions and notions here, but if you're going from a warrior one, you have to think of drawing a line down the center of your mat. If you're heel to arch, then what's happening is you're giving yourself hip challenges. You're giving yourself a lot of hip issues. Remember your pose is Tadasana. You should easily be able to come out of it. And a warrior two, same thing. If you're heel to arch, you just have to think about your hip alignment, right? Some people like heel to arch and some people like heel to heel. But what I want you to feel right now is something that's really easy to cue in your warrior one or your warrior two. So open your arms out wide and you can Take and rotate your palms up, take your pinky fingers together, as your pinky fingers come to touch, now take your palms together, shrug your shoulders back, good, lift your arms up as far as you can without lifting your shoulders, oh, hello, Yeah. okay, that's your warrior one position, thumb in line with the fingertips, uh, thumbs in line with the nose. Okay? Does that make sense? Because crescent lunge, we've gotten lazy and we like open our palms up and we spiral our pinky fingers in and our thumbs back. It's not helping broaden the muscle groups and create the muscle awareness and muscle memory that we need to. So you should be able to lift your arms up without lifting your shoulders up. Okay? Let's try something different. Warrior two. Rotate your palms up. Okay, if you have a student, usually what their warrior two looks like is this, okay? They're looking like this, where they're leaning too far forward or they're leaning too far back and their shoulders aren't over their hips. We want to feel like we're in Tadasana and our shoulders aren't eating our ears. So rotate your palms up. Bring your elbows to the ribcage, okay? Uh, remember, I'm not a doctor or a body worker. I just play one on TV. Well, that's okay. not true. I, I do have my great B and my time massage. But I'm not like, you know, like a massage therapist certified, right? You're retracting the shoulders down the back body. So this is a little elevators, right? And you're engaged. Now from the belly, rotate the palms down. Reach your arms out without moving your shoulders. Oh, hello. Yeah. Different. Because your students usually start rounding their back, one shoulder is higher than the other. So there are all these different tricks and tools of the trade that you can use to create that alignment and awareness. All right, here's another fascinating fact. Turn sideways on your mat so you're on the cut and you're facing the cut on the right side of your mat. Standing in the center in Tadasana, open your arms out wide. Take your fingers and point them down. Okay? Now, if anybody's ever seen the Vitruvian Man or know about Leonardo da Vinci, um, every person is like a beautiful architectural building. So we're all based on alignment and structure. All our anatomy is perfect for our body. Our skeleton is exactly what we need to do and know for how wide and how deep we need to get into a pose. Where your pinkies are facing down, where your fingers are facing down, open your ankles that wide. How many people that's hard? What we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's how wide your legs should be, but a lot of times, because our muscle groups have not been engaged, we can't do that unless you're like a body worker or a trainer and already know about this stuff. You might not have the muscles engaged, so they can't go that wide. Take the fingers and um, reach them out. Pivot your toes to the left. Okay? Now you're in triangle pose, so lean back. Find an expression. Good, okay, reach out as far as you can to the left. Left arm is coming down, hopefully on top of a block. Right arm is reaching up high to the sky. Now lean both shoulders back. So tuck the left shoulder and the right shoulder back. What you're gonna do with your buddy is you are going to take and do almost the same thing. You can push into their foot, on the um, right side to make sure they're stable, you're going to use your strap that you grabbed and you're going to give them an adjustment, okay? So come on back up. There's different schools of thought, right? If I'm practicing Iyengar Yoga, my hand is down and my hips are in a totally different direction, you want to be able almost to, you know, like... uh, Find so much alignment that you're almost tipping both hips down. If I'm in the Ashtanga practice, I'm grabbing peace signs to my big toes and I'm trying to really, really get myself into this crazy wide space. If I'm doing just like a general Hatha yoga practice, I want to cue my friends with a block and I want them to find whatever freedom in their hips they need. Okay? Then my hand reaches up. The first thing that's going to happen is your student's going to try and eat their ear. So it's going to tuck forward. So you want to say, shrug the shoulder back. Then what's going to happen is, is that they start getting congested. Have them find more freedom and openness in their shoulder so that the muscles that su- support the pecs don't start getting really tight and drawing inward. Find an expression. It's totally fine. You're not going to break anything. Okay. Then, who wants to do triangle? Want to do it? Because I already put you to the test. It's a fine triangle, same what I just did. Okay, use the block. So what you're going to do with your friend, this is an Iangar trick, but it works really well. Ultimately, you're taking and bringing your right hip uh, leg, because she's on her left uh, leg in triangle, your right hip to their left glute, your right hand to their right uh, iliac crest, and your left hand is in a fist, she's going to push into my hand. And I'm going to push here. Are you watching? No. Stitch your ribs together. Like I'm pushing push. where? Spiral lip, rib cage higher. Nope. but keep engaging here. Shrug your shoulder back. So pull up from the back um, part. Ah, there you go. So she's, she's just starting to kind of feel it. It takes some time. But you're engaging your friend to find more awareness. We're not going to do this one today. It comes from my anger. But you can also pull your friend to create more openness in the hips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what would happen is, can I pull you and you'll come back up as I, I pull you? Sure. Okay. So what happens is, especially for this body dynamic, what she actually needs is this. And then as she engages, as if she's got a block in between her legs, she's going to come up. From the ground okay so what i would love for you to do is um i will help you as you do that adjustment hand to hip and hand in the air to your friend so someone say they want to go first and we'll do our right leg first okay. Up on a block. And the left arm's up high to the sky. Okay? We're taking as teachers, we're facing the front of their mat. Take your left hip to their right hip. Take your left hand to their hip crest. Take your right hand in a fist and say press into my hand. Yep, press into my hand. Yep. Spiral right rib cage higher than left. Lengthen the top of your head press your hands in my hands. expression Press 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 as hard as you can Okay, and then we release them before they come up so they don't fall over and then come on back up Okay, switch Okay, so now our right hand and adjusted or now the students reach out as far as you can bring your right hand down towards the block left arm high to the sky did you just adjust him so now place your uh, your gazing teachers to the front of their mat so you're standing to the front of their mat with your hip points forward and you're going to take your left hip to their right glute region. Then you're going to take your left hand and hold on to their left hip. Left hand to their left hip. And the right arm, sorry, it goes high to the sky and your hand is in a fist and you're placing it in our palms and you're saying push into our hands. Yep to rotate your student, which means you have to be totally present and active because you don't want to pull them over. And then gently, sorry, release, and then step away from your student. Okay, so let's take two seconds here. Um, I didn't know where to put my body because I was getting hit in the face, or, um, <laughs> that was really weird, or, right? Did you yeah. notice all, yeah. you've all oh, brought in the chest. Okay, who noticed lengthening their torso? Yeah. Right? Okay. Triangle pose is also a twisting pose. A lot of people think it's called an utipa, it's an extension, but it's also a revolution. So you have to remember, this is really good if you have, like, PMS or really bad, like, lady problems. Um, This is about revolving and opening just as much as it is about lengthening the tita. So you don't want to lock out that bottom knee. That will be in Advanced 2.0. There's a good trick, so you don't lock out the knee. This is about standing poses. So before we get out of here, I want to show you one more thing for tree pose. So find tree on your mat. So here we are in tree pose. Bring your hands to your hips, your elbows reach back. You're standing in Tadasana. We'll do the right leg again. Um, come to the ball, mounts the right toes. Bring your knee to the right. Take your right foot and press into the top shoelace side of your left foot. What do you notice? like if I have a block in between my legs okay now take and bring the foot up to your calf pushing foot into leg and leg into foot you're working with the midline. you're drawing things to center dynamic opposition those of you who like to lift your foot up are creating hip height do not use your hands lift your foot up above the knee Uh, If you cannot lift your foot up without your hands, you cannot lift your foot up to that spot because you are going to start really creating damage to your lower lumbar. I know it looks really pretty, but I want you to be able to do this when you're 110. Pushing leg in the leg, and then you find your expression with your arms, whether it's hands to your heart or whatnot. Cool. So the same thing, what, and then release, and we'll try it on the other side. What would you do if you were a um, student or a teacher and you wanted to help someone find a longer tree? Right? What's another thing maybe you could do? You could think about the drishti or the gaze. Let's do one more Tadasana trick. Some people hate this, some people don't. Uh, Stand in front of your partner. uh, Facing in the same direction to the front of the mat. So, all you're going to do is as you stand in front of your partner... Nope, you're facing the same direction to the front of the mat. You take your hands to your friend's hips and push down. So you can ground your friend more. Do, what do, you, do you feel that? It's like holy balls! right? You push down, and they lengthen up. It's kind of interesting, and you're only going to do this with students that you start to really get to know, but that's a great way to get someone safe in space. Everything that we're doing is about sensory integration and proprioception. Let's switch. So if everything is about engagement, proprioception, and feeling safe in space, if your students feel safe in, with you, you can touch them a lot. Place your hands on the iliac crests and push down. Do you, what did do you feel? Did you notice that? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Shake uh, your friend's hand. Pull cool. out. Thanks for being my partner. Um, let's, all, um, let's all take a breath for a second, because I know we all have places to go. But um, okay. everybody go around, because we obviously didn't hit every standing pose in the whole universe. But let's all go around and say one thing that created more awareness for you through this very quick hands-on adjustment class and prop. I need to breathe. More. I'll go first. So I like the ground. Grounding. Mm-hmm. like the power of tadasana. Power of tadasana. Mr. Mm-hmm. Suggestion to engagement. Use a block. Cool. Block. Uh, I learned about uh, not locking the knee. How to keep it uh, uh, more fluid. Resilient. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the building blocks of tadasana because lengthening it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think just getting more comfortable with doing hands-on adjustments. It was really good to do so many of them and mm-hmm. to feel. I also have never been adjusted with the femur yeah. in Warrior Two, so that was like amazing. Cool. Um, I liked the uh, being aware of our spine against the wall. Mm-hmm. Created the thigh master, but if you can figure out something, maybe you could. <laughs> <laughs> I know ladies who use yoni balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like building up from the feet and then also the one footed Cool. I like um, thinking you. of every pose in reference to the de- to that That mm-hmm. like, oh, if you're confused, I always go back to that grounding and see where I'm at. Uh, uh, Good. Your phrase "muscles hugging bones, bones hugging muscles" that really resonated. I like the grounding, and then the the and lengthening. Cool. I also like the not everything, like the blocks stuff. Uh, I like the blocks because I'm always trying to find ways to get my students to use them because they're all beginners and they don't want to use them. And I'm always like, here's block, here's block, here's yeah. block. So I yeah. got some great ideas for today. Great for minute. today. I like the adjustments in Warrior Two. I feel like it made me more aware engagement of engagement in my life, especially. Mm-hmm. I like all the blind things. All right. You're all going to be incredible bright lights and amazing teachers. Remember that if you root to rise, just like the eight limbs of our practice, mm-hmm. we are going to blossom and flourish. You're amazing, amazing humans. Have a wonderful day. and. Um, Remember, um, you don't need to know anything from what I just said today because you already know it. (laughs) So have a really, really awesome afternoon. (laughs) Thank Thank you.